0: Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast at the Cowboy Church of Ellis County. Well, good morning. I just tested my mic to see if it was on. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do come to you this morning. Lord God, just thanking you for your presence. Lord, I pray again, Lord, that you would just speak to me and speak through me this morning. May your, may your word, may the honesty of your word touch each person that's here today in the same manner that it has touched me all week. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, last week there was a long-winded preacher up here, and you guys spent half the time reading an entire Bible, didn't you? But you didn't leave here saying that you didn't get anything from God's Word, I can assure you. And if you did, you were one of those 55 people that fell asleep while I was preaching. You ever notice that when you're hurting, your, your fuse gets a lot shorter, your patience with people gets a lot shorter, you, you, jump, to, you jump to aggravation a lot quicker... Oh, so it is just me. <laughs> you know, when when you got a pinched nerve in your back and you get into a car that you, you can't find anything comfortable, and and I've and I've driven my kids to school. I always take my kids to school, and 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 I don't know what it was about this week, but as I as I took my, I do know what it was. I was in pain, but as I was taking my kids to school and I was dropping them off, I was sitting there in the in the school line, and everything that everybody did was agitating to me completely and totally. And I didn't say nothing, okay? I dropped my kids off, and as soon as they got out of the out of the car, I just started ranting. And I kept asking myself the questions, why they do that stuff? Why do you have to wait until you get all the way up there to where you're in the perfect spot to drop your little kid off, and then you want to sit there and wait until all these kids go into in the school, you just backed up everybody in here, and then you think the traffic is is finally going to flow, and it it starts flowing, and then there was somebody that that forgot something. They had to get out and stop traffic again, open the back of the car, and get a project out. I don't have any hair. It ain't like I could sit there and pull my hair out, but but I wanted to, and then I realized that... That, that Siri talks to Facebook and it listens to everything that you say in your car. <laughs> but that's a whole nother sermon. But I did realize that I wasn't alone, and, 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 and I, as I opened my Facebook, that wasn't what it said. <laughs> as I opened my Facebook, this is what it said, and I just started laughing. They can tell you all day long that they don't listen to what you say, but what are the odds of that? And, and then the, the print on this thing was so small, I, I don't know if you guys are getting old, but when you hit 40, you got to get some of these things. <laughs> ten, ten easy ways to know that you don't belong in the school pickup line or drop-off line. If you have to get out of your car for any reason go park. If your snowflake needs help with its seatbelt, jacket, backpack, shoes, or your goodbye ritual includes multiple hugs, kisses, tears, and sweet handshakes, go park. If your tiny prince must get out directly in front of the school doors and you don't, and you don't pull forward as far as you can, go park. If my four kids, <laughs> see I resemble this, I had six of them, if, if my four kids can unload faster than your one, you should probably go park. If you have to sit in your car and watch until your little darling gets all the way in the doors, seriously, you trust them at recess, but you can't trust the teachers that are walking your kids into the, into the school, you should probably go park. And this one, it just hit me. If your school project is in the trunk of your car and you have to stop the line to get it out, go park. If you need to visit with the teacher that's helping with the drop off line, you should probably go park and hang out with the PTA people. If you impede the flow of traffic in any way, you should just go park. Does this ever come out of your mouth is the question. I don't care what they say. I'm going to do it anyway, and, I'll, and they'll just have to wait. You should probably go park. If you find yourself super angry or offended by this list, it's okay. Ask, ask a teacher for some directions to the parking lot. I didn't come here to vent this morning. I came here to ask for forgiveness because my thoughts, my actions, my words, my agitations, all of those things came about because I was sore and I was suffering. And if I, had, if I had gotten out and, and vented those frustrations to those people, would it have represented what Christ has done in me? Each one of those people, God love them. And we're trying, right, Mark? God love them and we're, and we're trying. The, the thing is, is they're all God's people and they all have different things going on in their life and you don't know what it is. And so we're we are called to love one another, love God with all of our heart and all our soul and all of our mind, and love our neighbor as ourselves. And so and so when we're called to do that, we have to do that everywhere that we go, everywhere that we go. And, and as I sat back, I, I I did ask for forgiveness, and then I and then I said, God, what are you what are you trying to teach me through all of this, with with this the suffering that I'm going through? James one two says this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is being tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I'm not going to lie, this, this past week has is, is been pretty painful. I, I've I've done a lot of stuff trying to get through it, but... But to be honest with you, I changed my mindset. I changed my focus from the amount of pain that I was going through, from the amount of suffering that I was going through, and I changed my my mindset to, God, what is it that you are wanting me to learn through this? What is it that you're trying to get me to do different? What is it that that I'm supposed to do in this situation? And whenever I changed my mindset, I, I got stuck on a passage of Scripture, and guys, You can thank God this week. We're not going to read the entire Bible. We're going to read one passage of Scripture. But I read this one passage of Scripture, and I read it like I do a hundred times. I've I've heard this passage of Scripture. But I never dove into it to even seek what it was that God was trying to speak to me in that thing. And so I want you guys to turn with me over to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to begin at verse 5. This is Paul speaking, he's talking about an experience that he had had, He said, that experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weakness, only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from being proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from being proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, I've read that passage of Scripture dozens of times, dozens of times, but I never, I never really got into the Scripture and what it was actually speaking. And so I want to tear this thing apart today because I, I want you to, to go through the same situation that I went through. If God's going to beat me over the head with it, you know what? It's, it's only fair if I share, right? So we're going to begin at verse 7. Paul says, even though I have everything apart today, because I, I want you to, to go through the same situation that I went through. If God's going to beat me over the head with it, you know what? It's, it's only fair if I share. Number one, you can write this down. Suffering? sometimes comes around to keep us humble. You know, the, the, I've seen a lot of football players that, that come around and they think that they are the absolute very best. They come out of the college scene and, and everybody's talking about them and, and the whole world is at, their, is at their feet and they go through and, and they, they are about to get drafted to the NFL and they get drafted to a team that they don't particularly like. And so the whole time they ask for a transfer, they ask for a transfer, they ask for a transfer. Well, well then they finally get that transfer. They get less money or something to that effect. And then guess what happens? Their knee goes out. Their foot goes out. Do you think the humility comes into their life at that point? I've seen a lot of guys that were at the top of their game in in rodeo and and did all kinds of things to, to get there. And then right before the very finals comes around, they end up hurt, sore, and cannot do it. I say that to say this. This this coming weekend, we have our 15th annual Thanksgiving roping here. I went and got four saddles. I had them shipped in from Brazil. And and I was all set and prepared because I really wanted one of these saddles. I really wanted to rope in this roping, and I know I had a really good chance to win it. Guess what God said? He ain't said that completely yet. Come on. We, we still got a week, right? Sometimes God brings those those trials and those thorns in your lives to make you humble. To make you realize that that you're, you're concentrating so much on things of the world. We talked about this last week. You're concentrating so much on those things. Hey, I'm over here. What about me? Did anybody watch the World Series? It was a sad day for Houston Texans. They went into the games thinking that there was no way that they could lose. We're playing that team? (laughs) What happened to them? They ended up losing the game. Sometimes suffering comes into our lives to keep us humble, to make us realize that it's not all about us. Going into the backside of verse 7, Paul says, Paul says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. <clears throat> so a thorn in your flesh, whenever I, I think about Paul, it doesn't, it doesn't ever go into description about what the thorn in the flesh is that Paul has, right? It, it doesn't say directly what it is. And, and so it could be a medical issue. You know, Paul lost his eyesight, right? You can explore Paul's, Paul's story in your connect groups this week if you don't know it, because I'm not going to go back and read that. But Paul lost his eyesight. He could have medical issues. And, and maybe that's the thorn in his flesh. Maybe he's saying, I, I, I can't go out and do what I want to do because I don't see very well anymore. Has anybody here got any medical issues? I know for a fact we've got people here that are battling cancer. I know for a fact that we've got people that are battling diabetes. I know for a fact that we got people battling joint problems. I know for a fact that we got people battling bone problems. I know that for a fact that we got people battling inside intestinal problems. I know for a fact that we got a preacher that's battling nerve problems. I know for a fact that we got people that are battling depression. And so there's a lot of medical thorns in our flesh, right? Past consequences in life. You know, maybe Paul's, maybe Paul's issue wasn't the, the medical thing at all. Maybe it was the fact that he used to go around persecuting all the people that now he's trying to preach to. Maybe it's the fact that he even stoned a guy to death or he didn't do it himself, but he sat there and watched a guy get stoned to death and maybe nobody wants to believe him and what he's saying because of all of his past. Sometimes our past controls controls the things that are going on. Anybody got issues from your past? Guess I'm the only one there too. Past sins that come back to haunt you. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Those things that that you think are gone but people still hold over your head even though you're you're trying to move in a different direction. Maybe it's your job. Maybe Paul wasn't getting along with the other people that he went out to preach with. Maybe maybe the the people weren't listening to him and and maybe they wanted to do things different. Maybe that was the thorn in his flesh. Do you all get along with everybody in your job? Now, if you work from home and you only work with your wife, you probably shouldn't say anything. You know, but way back in the book of Numbers, God told told them as they moved into the promised land, He said you need to move everybody out because if you don't, the people that you leave there will become thorns in your flesh. Maybe it's those very people that, that are Paul's thorn in their flesh. Maybe those are the ones that are still there causing issues in his life. Maybe you're at a job and, and you've got those people that are just consistently and constantly causing you issues. Maybe that's causing you to suffer. Or maybe it's, maybe it's one of Paul's family that's his thorn in his side. Maybe it's somebody that in his, that's in his family and they're telling him, we didn't sign up for this, Paul. You spend more time in jail than you do at home. Maybe it's part of his family that's, that's causing that thorn in his flesh. Maybe you have some family members that you can't even go to Thanksgiving with. Oh, I guess that's just me too. So am I the only sinner in here? I'm just, I'm just checking. But then we go on to verse 8. You see how much verse 7 speaks? One verse of Scripture. Verse 8. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. You know what suffering promotes? Suffering promotes us to have a relationship with God. God. You know, and I have learned in, in, in my short life that, that we, we don't learn very much when everything is going right in our life. The only time that we actually typically will learn anything is whenever we have to go through a trial to get there. Whenever we have to suffer in something. When everything is going great in life, the one, the one being that we leave behind is the one that makes everything possible, and that's God. And and so suffering brings us to God. God wants a relationship with us. He wants a personal relationship with us. And if that suffering is the only way for Him to get that personal relationship with us, Paul, Paul says, each time he said, My grace is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. You know what the problem is whenever we go to the Lord in prayer when we're suffering? We want the answer now. We go to God and we say, God, you know what's going on in my life. You know what's going on. And, and God, I, I, I need you to fix this and I, and I need it taken care of. And, and you know that, that the only way that I can make it is if you take care of this and, 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 and I'm, and I'm going to leave it with you as long as you take care of it now. And, and then if God doesn't take care of it now, then who do we get mad at? God. Well, this is somehow God's fault. Reminds me of whenever I tell my kids No. I don't always tell my kids no because I, I, I don't want them to enjoy something or don't want them to do something. It's that if I tell them yes, they won't learn anything from what's going on in their life. If I tell them yes, they won't come back to me and speak to me about what it is that's going on. If every time it, God is not a genie in a bottle, I want you to hear that. And any time that we go to God with those prayers, those prayers are all about who? There's like six of you that are still awake. Those prayers are about us. They're self-serving. It's about what I want. It's about what I need. It's not about what God wants. It's not about what God's will is. It's not about where He wants you to be. It's not about who He wants you to talk to during that trial. It's not about Him bringing you through that trial so that you can be able to share your experiences and all your faith with other people. It's about heal me. And so I can only imagine what Paul said whenever he was praying to God. He said three different times, I begged to the Lord to just take it away. Whatever it was, He didn't want to suffer And what was God's answer? Nope. My grace is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. Verse 9. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so the power of Christ can work through me. Last week we learned that God was all about a desire for us to be looking at His will and not our own. This week is the same thing. It's not about us, it's about God. And if if God's power is shown best through our weakness because we are seeking His face, then allow God's power to shine through your life through that suffering. And here's where, the, where I, I really think that the tide's turned for Paul. Because once he recognized that God's power worked best in his weakness, he says this, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul's attitude changed just like that. No longer was he focused on the thorn in his flesh, but he was focused on the fact that God's greatness comes through his weakness. When we give strength to or power to the thing that is going on in our life versus giving strength and power to God... We we tend to concentrate on only one thing. Whatever the trial is that's going on in our life. I know a lot of people, a lot of people that have gone through some of the greatest struggles than you could possibly imagine. And I didn't ask anybody's permission, but I'm going to talk about these people anyway because they've... They've made an impact in my life because of their faith. I don't know how many of you know Rick Dawson. I don't know if Rick's here or not, but Rick used to be our youth leader here. Him and his wife—they led our youth for years. They—they they did all kinds of things in this church. Rick has, has had diabetes really bad. I don't know the entire, the entire thing. What I do know is that he started getting gangrene in his limbs. And they started removing parts of, his, parts of his body, fingers, toes, legs. He started losing all of these limbs. Rick still comes to church here every week if he can make it. And as I sat back and talked to Rick the other day, Rick, Rick was at the hospital for one of his treatments. And, and and you got a man that's in a wheelchair that that has black fingers because they're completely dead, and and he rolls himself out on the sidewalk, and there's a man that's standing out there, and he and, and the man has got some health issues, and he's and he's he's doing the same thing that most of us do, which is oh oh it's me, oh oh it's me, and then here comes Rick rolling out. Uh, on on the sidewalk and he's sitting out there getting fresh air and and then the guy is talking about what's going on in his life and he looks over at Rick and Rick looks at him and shares the gospel with the man and says when we are weak God is strong. That's a powerful testimony. Powerful testimony for what God is talking about. I don't know how many of you know Dick Lambert. He's one of our lay pastors here. He's actually here this morning. Diagnosed with cancer. Had, had the majority of his tongue taken out this past uh, couple of weeks ago. The man still stands for Christ everywhere he goes. Been a lay pastor here for a long time. Rick Hack. Let me tell you something about Rick. Most people don't know Rick was diagnosed with cancer, been battling cancer for a long time. The man comes up here and vacuums, vacuum the, the, the children's building, vacuum the stage, vacuum the upstairs, vacuum everything, come up here just to take care of the property and do all of that stuff, comes in here to the men's prayer breakfast, knowing that he's got all of this stuff and preaches his heart out about God. Let me tell you something, suffering, suffering brings about a reality that we are not invincible. We're not invincible. And when we suffer from these things, and I could go on, guys, there's there's probably a list of 500 people that I could sit here and name in the church that I know that have, have gone through these things. And what I'm telling you is, is that whenever you're suffering, don't allow allow the suffering, don't allow the problem to take control of your life. Allow God to take control of your life. Whatever it is, the trial that you're going through, the question is, is are you going to be one of those people that lean on God through that trial? Are you going to be the person that gives the power back to the trial? We have the choice to answer that. Paul says... I'm not giving the power to the trial. I'm going to boast about the fact that I am weak. I'm going to boast about the fact that I, I, it's not about me. I'm going to boast about the fact that my God is stronger than everything. And I'm going to boast about the fact that we are all going to die, but I know where I'm going. The good thing is, is that God has given me this suffering... And so now I can live my life knowing that I'm going to die because those people that are not going through suffering, they don't think they're going to die. They have no hurts. They have no trials. They have no weakness so they don't lean on God. Again, James 1.2 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I don't know that there's a single person in this entire place that's not suffering from something. I don't know that there's not a single person in this entire place that has some sort of thorn in your flesh. But what I would pray is that you would allow God to use you during this time of suffering. May God use the suffering that you're going through today to grow you into the Christian that He's called you to be. May your relationship with Him deepen and may you allow Him to become strong while you become weak. Don't stop praying about making a difference and making making your health Better, because a conversation with God is, is all about asking for God's direction in your life. But when you pray, pray about God's will and not your own. Jesus said these words, in this world you will have troubles and trials of many kinds. But He closes that passage of Scripture off, but fear not, because I have overcome this world. We can choose to to love God and lean on God through our sufferings or we can choose to become bitter and angry people. My prayer is, is that we choose God first in everything that we do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do come to you this morning. Lord God, as profound and crazy as it sounds, Lord God, we thank you for, your, for our, the trials that we go through. We thank you for the suffering that we go through. Lord God, I pray that each person that's going through any kind of suffering today, Lord God, which is pretty much all of us, that you would, you would give us the faith, that you would give us your grace, that you would give us your mercy. Lord God, that you would change our focus from the trial that we're going through to you. Lord, that our prayer life would become fervent in you. Lord God, we're a broken people. We need your strength. And we ask for it today in Jesus' name. And for His sake. Amen. Amen. Guys, if you were... For this sermon and many more, check out our website at www.cowboyfaith.org.